morning. Our Sunday sermon for January 1st, 2023, the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uses the readings from Numbers chapter 6, 22 to 27, Psalm 8, Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11, and the gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. Peace be with you, my friends, and a happy new year to you on this first day of the calendar year. This is a two-part sermon. Well, maybe really a three-part sermon if we look back to last week, Christmas Day. A triptych then, as it were. Part 1, a picture from Christmas Day. Part 2, a picture from the scripture reading from today. And then next week will be part 3, a completion of the triptych. In part 1 of this sermon, that being last week, we camped out on the word dwell. Dwell is an interesting word. It is a verb, and as we all know, a verb is an action word. And according to Webster, to dwell means to remain for a time, or to live as a resident, or to exist with. In the Bible, then, to dwell is the idea, or thought, or theological string weaving its way through the Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, that God's desire was and is to dwell with God's creation. Thus, on Christmas Day, the full expression of God dwelling with creation comes into its complete fullness. And so, to weave this theological poetry through the Bible, we can start in Genesis on the sixth day of creation when God rested with his creation. And rest here does not mean God laid a hammock out and took a nap. No, to rest with has the meaning of God dwelling with, existing with, remaining with, even living with God's good creation. This theme is then seen in Exodus as we see God dwelt with his people in the tent in the desert wilderness. Then from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The great Christmas passage from last Sunday. And then from Ephesians, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul prays for the church that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then lastly, from the letter of Revelation, chapter 21, in the description of the new heaven and the new earth, The text says, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. Thus, on Christmas Day, we speak of Jesus' birth as God coming to dwell with his people. The word made flesh dwelt among us. The first picture of the triptych. But that was last week. Part two of this sermon, or the second picture of our triptych, today, I want to camp out on a few words found in the birth narrative from the Gospel of Luke. The first word is haste. Haste can be either a noun or a verb, but as it is used by Luke in this particular Gospel story, 
the word haste is used as a verb. Listen as I read for, for the action or the verb taken by the shepherds. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. Notice when the shepherds get a word from God, they moved in haste. They acted. They moved swiftly to see what the Lord had made known to them. In the Bible, when an angel comes and tells you something, you tend to move with haste. When something breaks forth into our world from another world, from the sphere of heaven into the sphere of earth, as it were, one tends to not dawdle, but one tends to move with haste. Think of the entire, all of the birth narrative scenes then. When Mary is visited by an angel and told she will be with child, and that even now her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, Mary moves with haste to go and see Elizabeth. When an angel visits Joseph in a dream and tells Joseph not to be afraid, but to go and marry Mary, Joseph moves with haste. And when the Magi, the wise guys from the east, see the star, they too move with haste to come and see the newborn king. Angels apparently live or, or are able to live, exist in both spheres of existence, in heaven and here on earth. Angels are used as messengers from God to creation, from heaven to earth. And when folks in the Bible were visited by angels, they paid attention. They moved and received the message from God. In fact, these messages were more than mere information. They were given as a mission statement from God. And when they heard these mission statements from God, the receiver of the message tended to move in haste to complete that mission. The proper response, then, when we receive a message from God is to move in haste. The proper response for us, then, is to go, to act, to move, to leave what you're doing and go and do what you have been asked by God to do. I hope this Christmas season you've been able to hear a message from God. It's difficult, though, I know. It's difficult because for most of us modern Western people, we've made Christmas about us. Christmas has become more of a distraction away from listening to God's message to God's people and more about shopping and gift giving and food and celebration. Not that these things in themselves are bad. I merrily enjoy all of it. The shopping, the sending and receiving of greeting cards, the gift giving and receiving, the eating, of course, and the celebrating. But when these things distract from hearing the message God intends to send to us, we're not able to listen and then we cannot move in haste toward the mission God is calling us to do. And instead of listening to God's message for us, most of us are looking at our credit card bills, busy returning gifts that don't fit, looking for a new gym membership to lose the holiday weight, and we're merely exalt, exhausted uh, 
from all the celebrating. One of the beautiful things about the Anglican tradition, about the rhythm of the liturgical seasons, is, is that we are given time to think, to ponder, and to treasure all these things in our hearts. The days leading up to Christmas, as you well know, are known as Advent. And in those four weeks, we are daily reminded to prepare our hearts and minds for the arrival of the King. And when the King arrives then on Christmas Day, we enter into what is known as the Christmas season. Did you realize that Christmas then lasts for 12 whole days? And these 12 days are also known as the 12 days of Christmas. In fact, today, Sunday, the 1st of January, is the seventh day of Christmas. We are given not just one day to meditate, think about, listen for a word from the Lord. We are given 12 days to ponder these things. And so I hope you've been able to put aside the Western distraction of Christmas for a bit of time. Yes, enjoy the season, have fun, celebrate. I'm no Scrooge or the green guy from Dr. Seuss. Yes, celebrate God coming to dwell with God's people. But also take time to listen, to meditate, and to ponder these things, and then move with haste to what God is calling you to do. Move with haste to what God is calling you to see. Move with haste to who or what God wants you to become. The distracted world of the West will call us to shop, give, receive, eat, and celebrate. The God of the birth narrative of Jesus calls us to listen to the messengers and then to move with haste. And what did we see when we move with haste? What happens to us when we go towards, with haste towards what God would want us to do? The second word I'd like to camp out on today, then, is the word amazed. Luke tells us that when the shepherds found Mary, Joseph, and child lying in a manger, they were amazed. Amazed. Where we live, we see an amazing spectacle almost daily. It's called Denali, and we see Denali in all its amazing glory, its various shades of light and color, and then oftentimes at night, we see another amazing sight, the northern lights or the aurora. (laughs) Those are truly an amazing sight. Every once in a while, moose or lynx will amble, amble through our yards in all their amazing grace and glory. But here... In this biblical birth narrative, we hear something truly amazing. God dwelling with us. You see, the biblical narrative goes beyond the amazing beauty of creation to telling us that God has broken into our sphere of existence. God has broken through and then into the natural order of our existence. Unbelievable, unheard of. It's truly amazing. God has become one of us. And my friends, that is truly amazing. We should all be amazed that God has come to dwell amongst us. And so, the shepherds hearing the message from the angels to go and see, they moved with haste. And when they moved with haste, they saw an amazing thing. Now, when we move with haste towards the way God desires us to move, 
My friends, amazing things will happen. One more short reflection on this birth narrative from the Gospel of Luke. Mary. Mary holds a special spot in the redemption story, does she not? I don't see Mary quite as elevated as our Roman Catholic sisters and brothers view her as, but I do see Mary as one of God's special servants amongst us all. Mary has given us a great gift. Mary gives us not only the precious cargo she carried in her womb and her body for nine months, but Mary has given us a great model to be emulated amongst all of creation. In this pericope, Mary gives us, amongst the plethora of things she gives us in her life and example, Mary here from this gospel story gives us now the gift of treasuring words and pondering them in her heart. Think about all that Mary had seen and heard in the previous 12 months of her life before she gave birth to Jesus. She was visited by an angel and told she would be with child by the Holy Spirit. Rather amazing. Going in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And then upon hearing Mary's voice, the child within Elizabeth's womb jumps with joy at the arrival of the king. And that child turned out to be John the Baptist, by the way. Then Mary, traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem with Joseph, undoubtedly hears of the amazing story of the visit by the angel to Joseph and the word spoken to Joseph to not be afraid, to marry Mary, and then to name the baby Jesus. And then the shepherds, who arrived shortly after the arrival of the newborn king, they hear and they tell the story to Mary of not only one angel bursting into our sphere of existence, but a heavenly host of angels bursting into our existence. And then the gift of Mary, the gift of Mary gives us. The text says, Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. During these 12 days of Christmas, then, my friends, Take a moment and ponder and treasure all the wonderful things God has done for you in your life. Take a deep breath in and set aside all the distractions of Christmas to give yourself a moment to breathe. God has never left you nor forsaken you. That's truly amazing. In all your shame and guilt, God has forgiven you. God seeks your healing. He desires to bind up your wounds and make you better. In all of your loneliness, God has come to dwell with you. God gives you peace and joy and love. Well, you say, I've never felt those things. You say, where is God in my life? Well, hear this, my friends. God loves you. Yet God has boundaries, and God honors those boundaries with you, even though at times we do not honor the boundaries of those around us. And so God honors the boundaries we set with God. And if not invited in, God stays at the door awaiting the invitation to come in. God's desire is to dwell with you, with us, with God's creation. But God has boundaries, and if not invited in, he will not come. Let God in. Let Jesus in this Christmas season, even to those of us, of us who 
let Jesus into our lives years ago, open up once again today. Turn your heart once again to the Lord and open up now and let go of some of yourself. Let go of self and give Jesus more room to move in. Take time to ponder and treasure all these things in your heart. Take these 12 days of Christmas, my friends, to set aside the distractions of Christmas, to treasure and ponder all the things God has revealed to you in your life, in your midst. And I say to you, you'll be truly amazed at the things God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. Then, move with haste toward the calling of God. Amen.